Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yo, yo. Welcome to a post-game edition of the Forum Club. I'm your co-host, Jovan Buha, Lakers beat writer for The Athletic. And on Thursday night, the Lakers defeated the Denver Nuggets 114-93, to a commanding 21-point victory uh, behind a 68-35 to second-half advantage. Uh, this game started with Denver being in the lead for the first two and a half quarters or so, um, really looking like they were potentially going to get a statement win in L.A. The Lakers were going to drop to four and five at Staples Center. Nikola Jokic, who's been picking up steam in the MVP conversation, uh, would you know probably take the the front runner spot uh, pretty clearly uh, if they won. And then the Lakers turned it around uh, in part uh, with that new bench lineup of Trez, uh, LeBron, Kyle Kuzma, THT, and Alex Caruso. We also saw some minutes from this this big funky lineup uh, with, with AD in there uh, and THT basically at point guard. Um, so it, so some, you know, Frank rolled with the, the nine man rotation and, and that seems to be a thing. Um, you know, I, I asked him about that post game. Uh, well, actually pregame, he, he said that he enters each game with an idea of how he wants to approach the rotation, how many guys he wants to go with, uh, when he wants to use those guys. So I asked him post game, you know, now that the Lakers have gone three and O, uh, in, since changing the rotation ahead of the Boston game, uh, and, and you know, beaten three good teams, you know, Boston, Atlanta, Denver, all playoff teams. Two of those teams should have home court advantage in their respective conferences in Boston and Denver. Uh, so I asked Frank, what does this mean moving forward, right? Like you found this groove with the nine man rotation. You guys are three and oh, how do you approach, you know, reintegrating Wes and, and Keith back into the lineup if you even plan on doing that at all? And Frank basically said that, uh, you know, it, it, he's going to take it game by game, opponent by opponent, and that Wes and Keith will play again and, and probably sooner than later, uh, just because he doesn't want them, especially as guys in their early to mid 30s, to go cold, to, to receive too many DMPs in a row. Um, you know, they're, they're solid players, they're proven players, they're, they're guys who, you know, frankly could have had bigger roles on, on other teams. And, and now that's me talking, not Frank talking. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that was basically the gist of what he was saying. So I do expect w- with the Lakers playing the Pistons on Saturday, you know, that's probably a game you, you see Wes and, and maybe Keith reemerge. Um, but I think the story of this game and, you know, I've, <laughs> I've done a post game pod now off of, I think every game, maybe that there was one I skipped. Uh, and I, I don't know how many times I've had to say this, but LeBron James, uh, 27 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, his second triple-double of the season, his 96th of his career, and with his third shot, uh, ended up passing Wilt Chamberlain for third all-time on the all-time made uh, field goal list. So now he only trails Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Karl Malone, uh, the top two 
leading scorers of all time. Who you know, LeBron is third on that list. So only a matter of time, frankly, until he gets up to that Malone level. We'll see if he can reach Kareem. But just a a another great game from LeBron. Um, you know, uh, looking at it, his assist to turnover ratio five to one. He had ten assists, two turnovers. Uh, so a very efficient ball handling and passing and, and playmaking game from him. Uh, you know, two of five from deep. So keeping with his forty percent three point shooting, twelve of nineteen overall. Uh, so you know that that's uh, around you know sixty something percent. Um, so uh, you know LeBron is just. I know that he he doesn't have the best all-in-one metrics. Uh, in some cases, that's Jokic. In some cases, it's Embiid. In some cases, uh, it's Kawhi or KD or, or Giannis. Like, there are some guys right now that, you know, if you're going purely off of stats, you might have LeBron fourth, fifth, sixth in the MVP race. Uh, but I just think with, with what he's been able to do, um, you know, AD had 13 points, uh, two assists, five of eight shooting, like, AD has not been himself offensively from a scoring standpoint, um, a scoring standpoint uh, or output rather, uh, you know. And, and LeBron has stepped up and, and you know really been, I think, better than last season. And, and that's what you know. Essentially, Frank said after the game that his three point shooting has elevated him to a different level. LeBron basically said that that he thinks he's gotten better and, and that he's having a better season than last season and. Um, you know, some of that, of course, is, is always lip service to an extent. You know, guys are always saying that a player is improving or, or getting better. But I, I do think that in this case, it's it's legitimate. Like LeBron has never shot threes at this level, both from a, a rate and an uh, attempt um, standpoint, but also from his percentage. And, and, you know, this is the best high volume three point shooting of his career. And it does not seem like a fluke. You know, he, he has been pretty consistent. If you look at the game logs and, and the box scores, you know, game to game, he's been pretty consistent. Um, you know, still still having some free throw troubles. It was one for two, air, airball the free throw. But, um, you know, it, 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 that's really the only thing you can criticize with his game at this point is his free throw shooting. And um, But we've also seen him make them when he needs to and, and make them when they count. So I, I think... LeBron has as good of a case right now. And, um, you know, I don't know if that's because I'm, I'm too close to the situation and have seen every game, but I think he has really risen to the moment in the biggest games. Like even thinking about the Philly game, um, you know, he, I felt was the best player on the floor overall, even though they lost. And, you know, the, the Boston game was a little bit of a downer, uh, but, you know, still made some big plays down the stretch. And I just think, you know, the Milwaukee game, this game, definitely blanking on, on a few others. Even the Cleveland game, you know, it wasn't a big game on paper necessarily, but it would have been a disappointing loss w- with the way that trip was going. And for him to turn it on the way that he did, uh, you know, particularly in that fourth quarter when he had 21 points, like, I just think we've, we've now seen it. Again, I don't, I don't know how many times I've, I've started this podcast with LeBron uh, is, you know, the story of the night, but it, it feels like it's been basically half the season. And, um, you know, th- there's probably been other games we, we could have said that. So I, I think LeBron definitely, um, you know, what was the story of the game, but, you know, going through and we're still looking for a title for the, this box score section. Um, you know, I, I got a bunch of submissions. I, I got to comb through them, maybe do a, a Twitter poll. Uh, if you guys are listening and you have a suggestion 
for this section of the podcast, please let me know on Twitter, um, on Instagram, on the athletic comment section. Uh, and, and I will definitely, you know, throw those in the hat and, and consider them. But uh, looking at the, the the box score here, AD had a weird game. Like I said, 13 points, only eight shots. AD should never take eight shots. And he played 33 minutes. So it wasn't like he he ended up, you know, playing 25 minutes and, and kind of resting in the second half. Like he, he played a solid amount of minutes. And, you know, if AD is playing 33 minutes, he should have 15 shots. So that's, I think, quite, you know, inexcusable, to be honest, from him. Marcus Gasol. I think I was actually a little disappointed in Marcus Sol's defense versus Jokic. He he actually made Jokic look quick and fast at times, which uh, is very difficult to do. Uh, but you know, Jokic. Uh, I mean, you know, Mark tried to, to force him left a few times, and and Jokic scored on those opportunities. Uh, there, there's some paint catches and, and post catches where he, he just got by him. Um, you know, I, I think Mark did a better job against Joel Embiid than he did against Nikola Jokic, which was not something I was expecting um Dennis Schroeder ha- had a bounce back game you know he- he's kind of been up and down the, the past couple of weeks uh has not really been himself after that that first you know two three weeks and you know but he had 21 points uh on seven and nine shooting very efficient um he, he had that double dive play uh, where he forced the backcourt violation uh it, it, you know in part by his hustle tipping the ball diving for it uh, then running after it again and, and diving for it again to, to kind of make sure that it went off of Denver. So, you know, I, he, he, I think, looked really good in this game. And then if we're judging Dennis, you know, we are projecting towards the playoffs. I think everything we do in terms of Lakers analysis should be geared towards the postseason, right? Because this team, we know, you know, barring a, a major injury or a, a major COVID, um, you know, uh, widespread COVID uh, situation, this team is going to walk into home court advantage, if not a a top three seed at a minimum. So I don't think there needs to be too much concern over the regular season and their record. You know, they they might drop some games here and there that they shouldn't. But for the most part, I I think, you know, we know what we're getting with the Lakers. Like they are one of the, I think the best team in the league, but at, at worst, a top three team. And in terms of regular season, I I think they're going to walk into being, uh, again, a top three seed in the West. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Judging things from a playoff lens, you know, Dennis having a performance like this against Denver, a team that the Lakers might see in the conference semifinals or conference finals, um, I think it bodes well. You know, I, I thought that uh, you know, defensively, he he hung with with Will Barton and, and Jamal Murray. Uh, you know, he he you know continues to be a very good point of attack pressure defender. Uh, offensively, I think he's really starting to pick his spots better and and, and have a better distribution of, of shooting versus passing, not forcing things, not holding the ball. Um, you know, I, I think he, he's just really finding a nice groove within the offense and. and you know, that was something that was going to take time. And, and now that we're at the, uh, you know, 23 game mark, like it, it makes sense that he's starting to kind of hit that, uh, you know, that that uh, rhythm. But uh, so, you know, he, I think, deserves a shout out. Uh, the bench, I mean, the bench continues to perform at a high level since uh, Frank shortened it. You know, Kuz, uh, two steals, two blocks, really good defense. Um, you know, was very active d- deflections, had, had a, you know, a great chase down block on Michael Porter Jr. Uh, on a three in transition. And, uh, you know, Trez, uh, I, I think, deserves a shout out for his defense, honestly. Um, you know, he, he had 13 points, but uh, he looked playable. He looked playable against Denver after not looking playable uh, against them with the Clippers in the, the uh, conference semifinals. He looked playable and the Lakers used him a little bit differently. They had him playing up you know, up to touch uh, defensively. Uh, you know, they were not having him drop as deep and, and, and drop as much. Uh, but I think, you know, we, we saw what the sixth man of the year-esque version of Trez, you know, a, a Trez that's more engaged, a Trez that's uh, more of himself on both ends, you know, looking more spry and athletic and um, just, just kind of that, uh, you know, player that he was last season, and not the version of him in the bubble. You know, we, we saw how effective that player can be. And he's not perfect. And, and I still don't think this is a great matchup for him. I, I still think the Lakers are probably going to be at their best with AD and, and Keith, um, you know, at the 5-4. Or, or, you know, AD and LeBron, AD and Kuz. Like, some combination of, like, that against Denver is probably, to me, the, the, the best, um, like, you know, the optimal lineup. But I thought Trez looked fine. And, you know, he can play 15 to 20 minutes against this team. Uh, in a playoff series and, and not necessarily kill the Lakers, which he definitely killed the Clippers last year. Uh, Alex Crusoe, fun fact, was the only Laker that played uh, out of the 11 to have a negative plus minus. Uh, Alex Crusoe plus minus King uh, had a, a bit of an off night from that perspective, but of course was his usual self. I thought he defended Jamal Murray and Monte Morris well, um, you know, pressuring the ball, navigating pick and rolls, you know, doing Crusoe things. Uh, and then THT, THT, uh, you know, be, behind it, I think Dennis and LeBron had had the third best game of any Laker uh, coming off the bench, 17 points, eight of 12 shooting, uh, had three steals, a block, uh, you know, we're really seeing THT coming into his own 
in terms of navigating screens, going downhill, finishing. Like we knew he had those things, but I think he's even doing them at a higher level now uh, and, and doing them at a better pace. And then defensively, he's really using his length um, and, and timing and, and just kind of, you know, feeling more comfortable and, and like he understands the Lakers defensive schemes better. So I think he, he's looked really good. He, he has earned uh, to me a, a spot in that nine man rotation. And I, I really think that these nine players, you know, the starters plus Trez, Kuz, uh, Alex and THT, like those nine guys have, have really shown they're the Lakers best nine players right now. And, and that doesn't mean that can't change. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, Wes and Keefe will factor in at some point and, and, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if it's a matchup based type thing uh, in the postseason w- with those guys where, uh, you know, may- maybe there's a series where like, like against the Clippers, I-, I think both of those guys have value, right? Like I, I think Keefe, if the Lakers want to go small against the Clippers and-, and go with 80 at the five, well, now all of a sudden Keefe, I think has a bigger role. Uh, and, and, you know, likewise, if, you know, they're going to be throwing, the, the kitchen sink at Kawhi and PG, like you, you might want Wes out there as a aggressive perimeter defender um, and, and as a guy who can then space the floor around LeBron and AD, you know, probably better than THD can. So I think those guys are still going to factor in at some point. Uh, but I do think that the Lakers have found a, a really nice groove and rhythm with these nine guys. And they've been, again, they're, they're best nine players. And seems like every lineup combination for the most part is working right now uh, with, with, you know, these nine players. So I think, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how Frank and the coaching staff manages this moving forward. I don't think Wes Matthews and, and Markeith Morris resigned or signed and resigned respectively to sit on the bench and not play at all. Uh, so, you know, I think if if there's like one thing to potentially be concerned with long term aside from from just you know the covid and injury risks that you know are always present um i do think it's going to be interesting to see how wes and keith you know long term kind of handle the the benching and, and demotion um but for the most part you know it's so far every indication is, is that it's been fine you know we haven't heard of any pouting or anybody having any issue with it so um you know jared dudley's been very vocal about He's going to handle, you know, he and LeBron are going to handle any issues that come up like that. Um, so I think, uh, you know, I, I don't anticipate that necessarily being uh, a problem. But let's get into the open forum, the question part of this podcast. Uh, got a lot of questions and my contacts are acting up, so I uh, <laughs> can't really read right now. Um, but question from SUP uh, at SS Kate J. Uh, do you think that since Kuz got paid, it helps him to play championship style basketball instead of worrying about stats? Uh, yes. Uh, yes, I do. Um, I, I think that started in the bubble, uh, although I think you could have made the case last season that Kuz was playing for a contract. Um, so, you know, we, it is a thing. Contract year, you know, is a thing. Um, and, you know, guys tend to play better in contract seasons. Uh, like I even look at a guy like Montrezl Harrell, who was in a contract season last year and, you know, pre-bubble, was looking like he was in line to earn, uh, you know, 12 to 18 million annually. And then he has a terrible bubble and ends up earning, uh, you know, basically 9 million annually. So uh, I think contract years really can swing a player's contract, you know, obviously. 
And uh, for, for Kuz, I think now that he's gotten his contract, he is secured. He, he has, a, 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 I think, a, a pretty clear role in this team as, you know, the sixth or seventh man, uh, you know, potentially one of the closers, uh, depending on the matchup. Like, I think he has embraced, you know, defense. I think he's become a, a plus defender. I, I think he's lived up to his contract. Um, and I know that, you know, with Kuz, you got to accept the some of the bad that, that comes with it, where, you know, occasionally he will call his own number. He will take a head scratching shot. Uh, he, he will drive and, and dribble the ball off his foot and, and just do something that kind of frustrates you. But overall, I think you have seen that buy in from him defensively. You've seen the buy in on the glass on both ends. And you've just seen him, I think, really grow into a productive two-way player that is a contributor on a championship-level team. So I do think that the contract situation has alleviated some of the pressure, some of the noise. Um, you know, there, there's always going to be some level of noise around Kuz just because of how much buzz he had early on in his career. And um, you know, I, I think the the way that He's, he's basically a star off the court, despite not being a star on the court, right? Like, he, I mean, for, for as good as he is, he, he's not a star. He's not an all-star. And yet he's kind of treated that way in terms of, you know, being one of the faces of Puma and um, being in the, the, you know, celebrity scene and, and different things. Like, you know, he, he's definitely more famous off the court, I think, than, um, you know, warranted based on his play. But he, he still is a, a productive, you know, two-way role player that I think really helps the Lakers and, and gives them a unique you know, six, eight, six, nine, six, you know, six, nine guy who can, uh, you know, defend multiple positions, uh, shoot at a high level, uh, you know, occasionally cut and, and attack off the dribble, get out and transition, uh, rebound well now, you know, really set up his rebounding. So I think overall Kuz has uh, been really impressive this season, you know, really since the bubble. And uh, I do think the contract has played into that. So I got a, got a question here about how Frank used Trez against the Nuggets. Again, I think just playing him up point to touch. I, I, I think a big part of it, honestly, is just Trez being in better shape, being in a better mental headspace, um, you know, being just playing at a higher level than he was with the Clippers in the bubble. Uh, like that to me is, is the biggest difference more than anything. Um, but I do think that the Lakers are really smart about how they use their help. Um, and, and especially with Trez, they they never leave him on an island. Uh, you know, they, they make sure that they have a, a guy ready to double, a, a guy to help that guy. Like, I, I just think, you know, they, they have game planned how to try to hide his weaknesses pretty well. And I, I think ultimately there will be teams that still exploit him. Um, you know, I, I think if, if you really want to target him in the pick and roll, you can. But... And, you know, I think that he has post-defense limitations just because of his size where, you know, guys like Jokic or Embiid can still generate high percentage looks by, by you know, simply kind of creating some separation and then just rising and shooting over him. And, you know, though he is athletic, though he does have long arms, um, you know, the, the standing reach isn't the same as some of these guys. So they do have an advantage. Uh, but I think the Lakers have used Trez more effectively. And, uh, you know, I think tonight was a, a good example of that. Uh, Tom Wadsworth uh, at They Call Me Wads. Is, uh, is this the best game we've played all season? Sure, it feels like it. That's a good question. It, it's up there. Uh, it, it's it's up there. Yeah, I, I might say. I mean, it's weird because 
like, I want to say it might be the best win of the season. Um, I'm looking at it right now. Like, like I look at the Dallas game and I'm like, okay, they, they whooped Dallas on, on Christmas. And I know Chris Porzingis didn't play in that game, but um, you know, that, that to me was in a, you know, an emphatic win of Luca came into the season, all this buzz, you know, MVP favorite, uh, Dallas is coming off of this impressive first round series against the Clippers. And, you know, I, I think that the Lakers kind of humbled them and, and showed, uh, kind of what we see now, which is that Dallas has had some issues this season looking quickly. I mean, there was also the Houston games. Like, I think if, if you're saying like best end to end win, uh, I, I might, say the either the first or the second Houston game uh you know because that team on paper to me was still a, a low tier uh, low tier playoff team with James Harden and you know the Lakers basically forced the James Harden trade and forced his hand by embarrassing him in consecutive games uh so i think one of those two games i would put ahead just because it was a complete performance um in terms of like best wins, I still think the Milwaukee win was very impressive. I think the Boston win was very impressive in terms of uh, late game execution. And it wasn't pretty late game execution, but for the Lakers to find a way to win that one on the road uh, and, and, you know, Alex to have that game winning defensive play, like, you know, I put the Boston and Milwaukee games in, in terms of just impressive, you know, outcomes. I put those two up there. So for me, I would probably put this one fifth behind some combination of the two Houston games, the Milwaukee game and the Boston game, because, you know, although the, the, the final score was a 21 point route um, and they did outscore them by, uh, but they outscored Denver by 33 points in the second half. Like most of that was condensed to like the, the final, you know, 16, 18 minutes of the game and, and well, that is impressive and, you know, that is a better, I guess, outcome than, let's say, the Milwaukee game. I thought Milwaukee, given the opponent, given being on the road and given some of the stakes and, and just kind of the perception of that matchup, that to me is just a better win. So, uh, you know, we can agree to disagree if, if you view it differently. But uh, to me, it's a top five win of the season. I guess if you if you want to uh, split hairs, it's the best home win of the season. And I think that matters with the way the Lakers have struggled at home, only five and four. Uh, I will say that for sure, this is the best home win of the season. Uh, no, no doubt about that. Um, again, the, the Dallas matchups up there, but you know Dallas has struggled, so I think I would give the edge to Denver. Um, let's get to a couple more here. Orlando Hat uh, at Orlando underscore Hat underscore seventeen. Are THC and Caruso on the way to being the starting backcourt for Team USA? Uh, yes, uh, yes. I, I expect Greg Popovich and, and Jerry Colangelo to uh, to reach out to them tomorrow. Uh, to, to invite them to the tryouts. And I'd be shocked if, I mean, honestly, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to say anything crazy and say that they would deserve to be on the 12-man team. I, I think that both guys, like as the 12, either guy's the 12th man, like would, like, like I, I just I imagine Alex Caruso in an international setting, like just wreaking havoc defensively and doing Alex Caruso things. Like that has value. Now, of course, is he a top 12 player? Like, you know, that's eligible to make the, Team USA, no. Uh, is he a top five guard eligible to make US, Team USA? No. But I also think it's going to be interesting to see kind of how they they feel this roster because, um, you know, it's it's going to be conflicting with the finals, uh, potentially. And it's also going to be a situation... I mean, you, you just 
don't know, you know, what's going to be going on with COVID, you know, what, what stars are actually going to want to travel and, and play in the Olympics. Uh, so there's a lot of question marks. So I, I'm not going to say that Alex Russo or THT will make the team. Of course, I do think there's something to, we might have a, a weird team USA this year that, that is not as orthodox uh, of a, a roster as we've had in, in the past. So I guess that's my, my larger point. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Final one from Ali A. Unal uh, at Layla Primes. Uh, Do you think Vogel will keep using nine-man playoff rotations or will he play Wes and Keefe at some point? Uh, They don't even lace their shoes for garbage time. So the garbage time thing, and this is something that uh, you know, co- coaches will say sometimes if you're going to bench a vet, you know, a vet that that thinks they should be playing, a vet that is proud, putting them in in garbage time is a little disrespectful. So that's the reason why those guys didn't play today. For example, like put in Quinn Cook, you put in Alfonso McKinney, uh, you, you put in Devonte Kaycock, like you you put in one of those guys. You you do not put in Markeith Morris and um, Wes Matthews. Like if those guys are not going to play, playing them the last five minutes, last three minutes. It's just, it's considered by players a bit disrespectful. So that is why those guys didn't play tonight uh, in in garbage time. Uh, Now, I touched on the rotation a little bit. Um, I do think come playoff time, it will be a nine-man rotation. And as of now, I think the starters are safe, unless it's just a horrible matchup for Mark. I think Kuz is safe. I think Alex is safe. And then I think it gets interesting because I think Trez really could be a matchup-based player depending on the team. And you could have matchups where Trez is better and you could have matchups where Markeith Morris is better. Um, so I, I could see it coming down to Keith versus Trez as the primary backup big. And then I think you have a THT versus Wes Matthews situation. And um, while THT you know, is the fan favorite, is playing at a high level, Wes Matthews has played in, in many playoff games and started and, and played lots of minutes in many playoff games. And, um, you know, I, I think still will have some value depending on the matchup. So, you know, I think that that's kind of my cop-out answer is always depending on the matchup. Um, you know, I, again, I look at a matchup with the Clippers as, as I could see Wes Matthews having value there. I look at a matchup with like the Nets, I think he could have value there. Uh, but, you know, a matchup with Denver, uh, a matchup with uh, Utah, like maybe less. So, it's really going to come down to the, the, the matchups and what the Lakers need. Uh, but I do expect Wes and Keefe to get back to playing more regular minutes. I still think Frank will probably go with a, a nine or 10 man rotation on most nights. And it's just going to be some nights, uh, you know, THC doesn't play. Some nights Wes doesn't play. Some nights Keefe doesn't play. Uh, some nights two of the three don't play. Uh, it's really just going to be a whatever Frank's feeling. But um, that should about wrap it up here um as always i want to say thank you guys for listening uh if you have have any questions for me um have any feedback on the podcast uh or or just want to chat 
uh, definitely reach out to me on Twitter and Instagram at Yovan Buha. That's at J-O-V-A-N-B-U-H-A. If you're not subscribed to the podcast or subscribe to The Athletic, you can do so at theathletic.com. You can do so off of uh, one of the, my podcast links, one of my story links. And if you have not checked out my, my latest Anthony Davis feature, uh, which went up today about the evolution of Anthony Davis, uh, be sure to give that a read on The Athletic. I dive into part of him you know, coming to L.A., uh, getting better as a player in LA and the ways that the Lakers are experimenting with him this season, his passing, his three-point shooting, his perimeter defense, his leadership, um, and kind of trying to build a better Anthony Davis. And I do touch on, you know, offensively, he has not been the same, uh, but but defensively, he's basically in line with where he's always been. And then they're also experimenting with some stuff. So, um, you know, spoke with AD for the story, spoke with John Calipari, spoke with Jared Dudley, uh, you know, had some quotes I was collecting from from Frank Vogel, from LeBron. So uh, I think if you have not read that story yet, you will enjoy it. Uh, but I will be back after the Pistons game on Saturday. Uh, thank you guys for listening again.